Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. You know, about the third inning, things got a little harder for me. You know, definitely uh, started beating up that ankle a little bit, you know, trying to push off, um, you know, but was able to make some pitches and, you know, wasn't as sharp as I would have liked to have been, but, um, you know, we were able to get through six. You know, I never really have to think about using my legs. Um, it's just something I've always kind of done really good naturally. And so the first thing my leg wants to do is, you know, not push off. And so that was kind of kind of just me knowing, like, this is going to be maybe painful, but, you know, we need to kind of get through it. And, you know, it's been 12 days, and so, you know, it's kind of needed to get back up there. If you're looking for good news out of last night's 3-1 loss to Kansas City, Kevin Gossman got through his start with his first start since that ankle injury, apparently fine. Um, yeah. Looked to me very much, Kevin, like a guy who'd missed a couple of days, 12 days, or missed a couple of starts. Enough about Kevin Gossman. What the hell's <laughs> wrong with the hitting? How the hell do you lose uh, 3-1 to a team full of, what, 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 what was it? A, guy, a team full of guys, well, let's go. What, what, what was the magic number here? Uh, a team full of guys with six rookies, two dudes making their major league debut. One of whom hit a home run. You know as well as anybody. Uh, that, that has a team that it. ran into one, two, three, five outs on the I bases. Mean, I mean, I, I can hear you mumbling something over there, and it, I just don't hear what's coming out of it. I, that, that has oh, nothing just to do with day. it. Well, just yeah. day. well, it's not. That's nothing to do with you know. You, you know, it's all about the guy standing on the mound. You could put me at shortstop for the Kansas City Royals. It wouldn't matter. Who cares? It's about the guy standing on the mound. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the Blue Jays as a lineup. Has challenges. I, challenges is the word I want to use I mean, today. Has challenges. What the hell was the name of the guy pitching Zerpa, last night? Zerpa. Zerpa. Zerpa? I mean, it's, it's that's a great name. It's a. It's. it's sound, I'm probably butchering it, but that's a great name. No, Zerpa. It sounds like you should be in a circus, like you know, walking across the tightrope. Well, yeah, the great yeah, Zerpa or yeah, something. Did like he that. look nervous? And yeah, you know, coming in facing the big bad Blue Jays are all right handed. Oh, he's carving crazy. them up. I know. Not 95 in off the plate, tunnel a slider, have a little, you know, good arm speed on a change up down and away, get some cheap outs, some rollovers, some fannies out, all wind and using your barrel. What what barrel? It's look, it's if you're a Blue Jays fan and you can, you couldn't have a, a, a more frustrating watch game. It's not Kevin Gosman's fault. I you know, I know he was uh, he oh, we know it's not his, twelve days. Know it's, and, not his, and, it's not his fault. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, it sounded like he he just didn't feel the the greatest. And after the third inning, he was really struggling with the ankle and everything that it takes to push off and, and maintain velocity. You saw the velocity was up and down. He, mm -hmm. he he was pitching ahead, which is a big deal. Danny Jansen did did a good job of of you know setting up at thirds. Thirds is a big deal with a guy that that has stuff and wants to attack and it's not a yeah a yeah. Nibbler. Let's talk about the hitting. Where was the hitting? 
Vladdy's having a down year. Down year. Bo's hitting under 200 runners in scoring position on the year. Yeah. George Springer's up and down. Yeah. Uh, uh, Teoscar last night didn't show up. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. looked like he'd never faced a left-handed hit, uh, oh, pitcher. Stop it. Uh, okay, let's. Should I keep going? Well, well you you asked me the question. You're I'm exaggerating. You the answer. You're exaggerating a little bit with Lourdes. I'm. You you asked me what happened last night. Okay. I did not not two weeks ago. It was John Schneider's second game in charge of the team, and uh, went into the clubhouse early yesterday. Saw the lineup: Vladdy hitting second, Bo hitting cleanup, Alejandro Kirk hitting third. And we've talked about the whole Vladdy moving to the second spot. Yeah, well, they wanted to do it in spring training. Vladdy didn't want to do it. Don't tell me how Charlie Montoyo and whoever else had. Three months to convince Vladdy to do it. It didn't work. John Schneider did it within a 24-hour period. I, I Make you wonder who's running that team? It makes me wonder why Vladdy wasn't hitting second is what it makes me wonder. To start the season? Yeah. Didn't seem and, like and we know, and, and we know that everybody, I mean, they all talked. I mean, coaches were telling us in spring. The, the coaches wanted it. John Schneider was one of the guys in spring training. He said it made too much sense. It made too exactly. <laughs> that's what he said that's to me. Exactly. It makes that's too what much he said sense to me. And he also yesterday yeah. in his pregame availability, it was pretty clear that at different points during the season, John Schneider has kept mentioning mentioning it to these two guys. Bo, I don't think you have to really sell it on necessarily sell him on it, but it was pretty obvious that that. John had been talking about this with these guys, just, you know, kind of walking by, you know, man, you'd look good in second today. Okay, let's ask a question. Let's, let's, let's. But let me just, just because there are people who won't. The reason for the change is twofold. One, it's one reason. Okay, it gets one reason. You get, you get Vladdy, an extra, an extra. That's it. Okay, but I'm saying the trickle down effect of that is. You know what they say. What they say. (laughs) They like having Bo hitting in the cleanup spot. And you're right, this year with runners in scoring he's position. Sitting under he's under 200. But we've oh, also yeah. said, and you have said, I'm going to hold you to it, you have said you like Bo in the cleanup I spot. Said it, I said on this team it makes more sense for him not to be hitting second. Right. And I said, which you have not said, I said the reason why that is is George Springer and, and their first at bats are very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where Vladdy's walking up with two or three pitches being thrown by that starting pitcher with two outs. Yeah. And they don't want Vladdy walking to the plate and have to think he's taking pitches other than just thinking about whatever Vladdy's thinking about, which right now looks like who knows what he's thinking about. But that's the whole thing here is it's just there's way too many early count outs Easy outs because Bo, a lot of the times, now let's be honest, we love Bo, but Bo is a lot of the times too aggressive. Like he he just is. Like there's no other way to say it. He's too aggressive at the big league level, and you tend to have non-competitive bats and make it easier for a not-so-good starting pitcher to get through a couple of guys because George is really aggressive. Bo was very aggressive, and they're trying to mix that up so right. you kill a couple of birds with one stone by getting Vladdy an extra at bat because, again, and if Vladdy don't get hot here, the, they're not going to go places. And that, and you're, you're right. So that's, 
that's the point. The original, that's the reason. The original reason for it was to get Vladdy an extra at bat. That's why they talked about it in spring training. Because they lost the they, – they didn't make the playoffs by one game. And you think if you get Vladdy 17 or 18 more bats in the season, maybe he hits two or three homers. They did the math, basically. Absolutely. They had every khaki doing every math you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And that's what they came up with. It makes a lot of sense. But the question I want to ask you – is it too late? Well, I didn't think about that until last night. Uh, funny that you mentioned that. Um, Great minds think alike, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the question you got to ask yourself. John, will it change anything? John Schneider, who will join us, by the way, in the second hour. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, joins us. Uh, maybe we can get some Kevin Barker stories out of him. No, it's not about me. It's about him. He's a manager now. I know it is. I don't want to talk about myself. I don't know. I just thought maybe there was some underwear stories or something like that. But anyhow. he's not going to tell you those. No, I know. But anyhow. um, And there is stories. I know know there are. (laughs) I know there are. Maybe not in the same level as John Gibbons and waking up one morning and finding that his roommate, Billy Bean, had come back from a bar with a raccoon. Maybe nothing that funny. But uh, anyhow. That's funny. Is that funny? He won the raccoon in a bet at the bar. I think it's pretty funny. If you woke up and your roommate says, "How do you, well, do you believe him?" That's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Is that really how you got that raccoon? The roommate says, "Yeah, what time did you get in?" The roommate <laughs> says, "The roommate says, how do you feel about us uh, about us having a pet dog?" Uh, I don't know. What about a pet cat? Uh, I'm kind of allergic to it. What about something that's kind of in between? You know, like. It, Meet Rocky the raccoon. Anyhow. That's its name, no, Rocky. Its name was Rocky. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, anyhow, uh, that, that's beside the point. John Schneider did say that this is the way the lineup is is going to look. This isn't an, this isn't an experiment. Is it too late? This is. It's hard for me to say because this is what I've thought the lineup should look like all year long. And I've said this. I've, I've thought Bo should have been... Bo should have been in the cleanup spot all last year and all this year. I just, that that's, so, no, I don't think it's too late. But I'm, what what I will be interested in is to bring it back to something you talked about early in the year. And you were the first guy hammering this. But you talked about, I'm going to use lack of balance. Mixing the lineup up a bit, you know, getting that another impactful left-handed bat in there. And what will interest me about this is how this looks over a course of time leading up to the trade deadline. Because now that, from my point of view, now that the Jays have a lineup that I like, whatever it's worth, this is a lineup that I like. I like the way it looks right now. I want to see how it performs. And if it still scuffles, then maybe you have to make a more significant change to the lineup. Like Something what? you've talked like bringing, mm. I don't know, bringing a left-handed hitter in here, moving a guy so like Teoscar so out. I, this will show us, I think this will show us what the lineup needs because this is a lineup that makes sense. It's hard to judge a team when it's running out of lineup where you're scratching your head and going, yeah, yeah. Still, like, still, does, like still doesn't have the fact that, that Vladdy's sitting somewhere around 260. He's, not hitting well with runners in scoring what position. Do we say, He's not hitting fastball. What did fast we look up? His, his fastball number was it's what? Not, was it's not good. 270 this year yeah, compared it's to not, 380 last year or something like that? It's not something good. Obscene. Well, there's a couple of ways you can read into that. He, he's, he's 
either being pitched differently with the fastballs, which means they're trying to get him to chase in off the plate or away off the plate, which is a lot what you're seeing, or they're pitching him backwards, or what I'm seeing is his game plan stinks. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but you watched last night. You can't tell me he was going up looking hater. No. Uh, why? 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 No. Why? Explain this to me. Why? If you've never faced a dude, uh, I don't even know. Even if he's a left-handed hitter, this. why would you go up looking for a secondary pitch? That just makes I, I just the way he would take the fastballs, like the little fanny out where you know, and it's catching. I mean, it's I'm not saying it's down the middle, but it's inner third. It ain't on the black. That would tell you he's looking for something else. I just don't understand that. And, I, I, again, I know he is a big video guy of, of watching how that certain pitcher throws against hitters that are similar to him. He don't have any of that. So I said this coming on out of the show yesterday. What do you do against guys you've never faced before? Make that as no-brainer as you can possibly make it. How hard does he throw? Where does he like to throw it? Can I? Can I That's th- the only thing you need to know. Can I throw this out there? <clears throat> Do you think – now, we know that that, that Vladdy's – I mean, he hasn't had any serious health issues. But when you see his approach, when you see those numbers, are you thinking some sort of hand – in? not a major injury, but something going on with the hand or something that is impacting the swing? Because this is long running now. And I, I don't know. I – I just wonder if maybe there's I'm going to say no to that. Physical. I'm going to okay. say no to that okay. because he's playing every day. But I will say he has DH'd a little bit more. He I haven't has... looked I haven't looked up the numbers, but he's been DHing more than a 23-year-old that plays first base should be DHing. So we can yeah. So I don't know how to read but into that. Hitting, I'm not he's even, still I'm hitting not even, when he DHs. I'm not right? even so... going to try. I'm not even going to try to read into that. I just looks to me like the approach is backwards a lot and I that looks like a team-wide thing. Just, just not him. I'm not, not going to throw this all off on him. just looks to me like that's a team-wide thing that occasionally, because of the way they take fastballs, because of how late they are on fastballs, will tell you they're either guessing or the approach is secondary first which, and will fight off the hard stuff to get the secondary pitch. Which makes no sense when it you got a bunch of guys any, who can mash fastballs. It does not make any sense whatsoever. And, again, I'm not in the room, and I have no idea what the plan is. I just know what you see consistently. And I know a guy like myself who have been there before and know that trying to make a living off of hitting secondary pitches, especially in this day and age when the guys just throw a bazillion miles an hour. Now, give Zer- Zerpa credit. Early in the game, his plan was, I'm not afraid of you. First of all, you oh, we saw that. that. We saw that in the first that. inning. You could yeah. tell that because of where he was throwing his heater. He wasn't nibbling, and he wasn't going away, which is the book on the Blue Jays. You got to go away, and make them use the other side of the no, field. He, was, he wasn't doing that. He was establishing, <clears throat> excuse me, in and in off the plate to open up the secondary pitch. So now, because I got a good enough one, I mean, it's 95, and I'm left-handed, and I got a little deception because of the three-quarter arm angle, and they've never seen me before. So all that adds up. If my misses are good, and I get them opening up the front hip, it's interesting. now all of a sudden they're chasing because I've sped their bat up because of the velocity on the heater, and now I can get some weak swings on the secondary pitch. And exactly what happened. You saw a lot of check swings and the umpire going, yeah. And then they turn around with their head down. That's I listened to a bit of the Royals' um, broadcast yesterday, and, um, and and I can't remember 
I can't remember who said this, but they were talking about what Mike Matheny had said to these, you know, these six rookies and, and all the guys they brought up. And basically um, what he told Zerpa and these other guys is this isn't an addition. You're here because we, you're, you're here. You are the best. You were the guys closest to being promoted was his message. But you're here because 10 regulars aren't here. Don't go out and try to win this game. Go out and try to do your best. At, at, and his approach to Zerpa was, you're facing a major league lineup, but just go out there and pitch like you would. Go out and pitch the way, the, the best, the, the best way you've, the, the way you're most comfortable pitching. That's, that's what we want to do. That's a great message. We want, because... Don't change a thing. Exactly. We're not going to sit here. I'm, quite frankly, we're not going to spend 15 hours with video work with it's you, uh, with you and these guys, because you're not, you're not, you're not going to be here once these other guys come like back. It's almost like the message was: we didn't call you up because we had to. We called you up because we wanted to. Exactly. How about that? Every but, once in a while, you got to be able to slide it in there without actually coming out and well, saying th- it. Their point was, though, is like, and Dayton Moore was asked. He said, "We picked, you know, we picked." The pitchers that we thought were closest to, competi- uh, to 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 being able to compete in the majors, we brought up players who've had good years that we think are close to being competitive. But they made clear to these guys that this isn't an addition. Just go out and play. Everybody knows why you're here. Nobody thinks you're going to win. And it was really funny because I noticed early yesterday they had they had all those kids out early. Like they were walking around the ballpark, mm-hmm. they were watching the roof open. They mm-hmm. they were, you know, they they were out there. Like it was, it, this was like it was like summer camp. Mm-hmm. It was like summer camp. Enjoy this experience. Nobody's expecting you to win. And I, the thing that I saw out there, I I don't know about you, you know, the, the the base running mistakes looked to me like, you know, guys playing with their hair on fire. But at the plate, I don't know. I I, I looked looked to me like a bunch of guys who weren't interested in just taking three swings and sitting down. Looked to me like a bunch of guys at the plate that kind of enjoyed it. Maybe. And then Bobby, look, look, and Bobby Witt Jr. is... Looked to, me like a, looked to me like a team that didn't have anything to lose. You go, you go out there and you play, you play your best. You try and get a good pitch to hit. You put your best swing on it. They, they had nothing to lose. It's like you said, they, they were expected to lose the baseball game because of who wasn't there for their team and their organization. And I... You respect that, but again, you flip it on the other side, and to have the Blue Jays lineup not show up the way it did yeah. and not compete, we were praising them because of them coming off the 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 game that they'd had where they were so, so many tough outs and they passed the baton, and, yeah. and how dare you punch me out on a two-seamer in? I'm not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. And then to have the day that they had yesterday, yeah, that's... If you're a Blue Jays fan, it's going to be frustrating. How can you Kevin go, Gosman had another quality start. How can you go from a game where you have a 15-pitch at-bat with Zach Wheeler, foul pitches off, sure. foul, and I'm not blaming Espinal, but I'm saying you have an at-bat, a, a game where you, 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 hang up, you hang six runs up on a guy who gave up six earned runs the entire month of May. You hang six runs on him, and you have a bunch of tough at-bats, and you dig in, and then here comes the Kansas City Royals with a guy you've never seen before, a guy who probably wasn't expected to pitch in the majors this year. And the beauty of baseball. It is the beauty of baseball. That just, just that will oh. just tell you is it is all about the guy that you're facing yeah. on the mound. If the guy in the mound it is it really is. If the guy in the mound that's, is comfortable and that's and, what I told you. If I, I, I could be playing shortstop for Kansas City, and it wouldn't matter. It's all about the guy can, standing on the mound. Can we just I, I just 
I know we, we've got a lot to talk about, but I do want to talk about Bobby Witt Jr. for a couple of reasons. One, I've, I mean, been watching him on minor league games and for a long time. I think he's, I think he's a hoot to watch. The mullet could work on that a little bit, but it is Kansas City. Uh, but, I love it. But, uh, we, he took his hat. We've seen, we seen, we seen him a little bit now. The, the Jays have played him a little bit. What do you What do you think of him? Compare him to Bo. Here's what I compare think. compare him to uh, Bo. That's a, t- that's a tough thing. I, I think he's got a little bit more shorter, compact, repeatable swing at the plate than Bo does. Bo's got to refine some things. I love Bo. Yeah, he's got, to, he's got to refine it. some things. Like he he wants to take his game to a whole different level and compete. And I know you can spin numbers any way you want to spin them. And they've been trying to spin them yeah. <laughs> a lot of different ways. But, again, uh, hitting under 200 runners in scoring position, you can only spin that a couple of different ways, right? I know he's hitting some hard luck and hit some baseballs hard. But when you're hitting cleanup for a team now, yeah. it's about results. How many hits do you get when it matters the most? So I think if you're a Kansas City fan, it's like being an Orioles fan and having that catcher now. At mm-hmm. least you got something as a fan to hang your hat on. Like now you got something to look forward to when you come to the yard. Now, if you're a Kansas City fan, you got a little something to look forward to. He's like fun that, to watch. Man. Well, he's athletic. He's athletic. He's got an idea about running the bases. You can tell the little parts of games, like getting jumps and and getting secondary leads and little things that coaches shouldn't have to teach you at the big league level. He already knows. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of that sometimes with the Blue Jays. A lot of times that's not adding up. Contending teams doing the little things. Now, they do it most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't add up. And to see a guy, and if you're a Kansas City fan, and you don't got a lot. Like, it's not a lot of reason to come to a baseball game mm-hmm. and watch them play. And now you got him playing shortstop. Like, there's there's something there. You can tell that home run he hit was 96 on the black. It's a good pitch. Yeah. But you could tell how easy, free swinging it was. He didn't overswing. Like, it wasn't a big daddy hack. He wasn't trying to go back leg city. It was just he got it down. He's athletic. He got off his backside. He let his hands do all the talking. For a kid to be able to do that at the big league level on a team that stinks, Gives your fan base something to look forward to, and that's a good thing. That's yeah. a great thing for baseball, to be honest with you. Not only for Kansas City, but for baseball. Because now people like me and you who are giant baseball fans and will watch any team anytime, I'll watch no him matter if, when, will watch because of him. I'll watch him when he's a when if I if I'm if I'm watching a game and he's coming up, I'll watch him. Remote stopper. I will absolutely. You pay attention. Watch him. I go to the refrigerator, look for something to drink. I might close the refrigerator door to peek around and look at it. I'm not going to close the door. I'm going to get the drink first, regardless of who's at the plate. But that's just me. Um, Jim Callis will join us in a few minutes. He's a senior writer for MLB Pipeline. The draft is this weekend. Caleb Joseph. We're going to have a Caleb Joseph signing. Awesome. I do, I do want to say Joining something about o'clock. the Blue Jays yesterday. Yes. Alejandro Kirk continues to do Alejandro Kirk things. I mean, I... I and it's getting to the point where I know we've mentioned about trades and he's never going to have a higher value, and you may have to to get what you want to go where you want. You may have to think about doing that. See, but it, would be, it would be hard. Yeah, I'm... It would be hard the way their offense looks and just the way the little engine that could, you know, when he's gritting his teeth and running around first base trying to get to second base... He's just a lot of fun to watch because he does the little things now, especially getting the bat-to-ball skills and just being able to hit the ball where it's pitched. And I, I it's kind of nice to watch. Yeah, I also really want to see him and Danny Jansen together for two months without 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 Jansen getting. Well, hurt. you're already seeing yeah, it, but, but because, you are. Yeah, because you. I, I think this is. It, it's natural that we're always going to want to trade somebody, especially when you have a team that has holes like this does. Mm-hmm. But I would submit to you that there are a couple of there. 
there are a couple of outfielders I would trade before Alejandro Kirk. And this is no disrespect to Gabriel Moreno, but I look at the Jays, and listen, I've covered this team for a long time. I've seen them go through a lot of catchers. And a lot of times the catchers they've gone through have been one or two year guys. They've been guys they brought in, guys to fill. Um, you've got Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, and and Gabriel Moreno. I keep saying this. This is like ten years. You've got your next sure. decades catching figured you out. Did. And I would love, I would love to have just keep Jansen and Kirk here this year, both, and go I, with it. I, I'm saying that too, but long term is the point here, and and the body type for Kirky is the is the one little red flag I would think right. It's it's you you know how he feels mindset wise of he thinks he's a better hitter. Heavier. But, you know, Kevin. Can he maintain at this level, being a big leaguer, both sides of the ball for the next couple of years? But here's the thing, That's Kevin. That's the thing you got to ask yourself if you're the organization. Here's the thing, Kevin. If you go into next year, and there will come a point where Danny Jansen's going to become a little more costly with service. Not there. a lot. Not a lot. No, but, 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 but the, enough. I mean, enough. Enough. But my point is this. If Alejandro Kirk keeps this up all year, why would you... If it's me, going into next year, Danny Jansen and Moreno are the uh, are the the two catchers. Kirk is the DH that can catch every now and then. Well, maybe not me. maybe Kirk is the not DH me. that can catch Manoa. No, I, that screams left-handed hitter. They don't have no choice. I, I know they want to use that DH thing for for roving around and giving Vladdy days off. Vladdy will be twenty-four next year. Vladdy needs to play first base. If if he's not playing first base, if you have to use your DH to bring a legitimate left-handed hitter, I don't know who that is. I'm not even gonna act like I do. I don't know who that is. But if he has to play, if he has to DH every day and hit second for you, he's DHing and hitting okay. second for you. That's the point here. Is that's my question. Is I love Kirky, and I'm not I'm not saying trade him, but I'm asking. It, it is How would bit. you use him Absolutely, going forward? Because he is a heavier human being who just the wear and tear and you've seen what they've tried they're trying to go through to maximize him offensively well how's that gonna look next year you think he's gonna get skinnier next year like it's the older you get it's the normal look at us like it's i don't want to say it in a bad way and don't look at me that way you get the older you get the more you have to pay attention to the way your body is telling you to pay attention to it that's my only thing uh george springer by the way uh, has announced that he will withdraw from the All-Star game because of his elbow injury, because he wants to get healthy, because he does uh, not want to stand on the third baseline at Dodger Stadium and get his ass booed because he was part of those cheating dog Houston Astros teams. He, I mean, he didn't say that, but that's what I'm saying. Just, uh, I mean, all around. I don't, need, were. I don't need oh. the. I don't need the grief. <clears throat> I mean, that's I don't need something the grief. else. I mean, I would. <clears throat> Anyhow, that's what. That's the reason, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> that's what you're saying. I, I'm sticking with it. I'd rather have. I mean, you'd rather have the day off, go to Niagara Falls, kick back with the family, or something like that. Going to Niagara Falls, wherever. Kick back with the family. He's got 150 large. Yeah, he's probably (laughs) bought an island someplace. So anyhow, uh, George Springer will not be at the All-Star game. He won't. He doesn't why is need he not the grief. going to the All-Star game? He doesn't game? need the grief. Because he doesn't need the grief. He doesn't need to no, be there. that's not why you He said. doesn't need to be there on media day and have a thousand questions about, George, uh, what's it going to be like to stand on the third baseline at Dodger Stadium when people boo your ass because they think you're a cheater? I mean, he just doesn't. No, seriously, he doesn't, he doesn't need it. Uh, I just wanted to hear you say it again. Zach Greinke will uh, match up against Call Alec Manoa tonight. Jays with the 92. Yeah, here, here comes Zach Greinke. <laughs> and subtract grunting. The human hitting slump. Oh, man. Zach Greinke against Alec Manoa you're tonight. About, you're talking ballpark. about heads churning, trying to figure out how to look for that breaking ball and slider mm. and sinker and change up. <laughs> Oof.
What else do we have? We Fingers got, crossed. It's not going to happen. We got Barker's back leg bits later on. I've got more tickets to give away. Um, I had something else to say, too. Oh, I, d- I did want to... Uh, say make, something positive. Well, no, I, I, I want to remind people, and because uh, I know the, the Blue Jays want to remind people, just keep in mind that Sunday's one of those uh, silly 1205... What is it? The Peacock Network or whatever in the show States? and go games. Yeah, one That's of those. What that is. Yeah, one of those twelve oh five stars. That's the day before the All Star break. That's show and go. Yeah, but this is an earlier. This is an earlier start. Anyhow, keep that in mind. Plus, there's that uh, car race, the Honda Indian. So the Lakeshore is going to be a, you know what show, and there's going to be a twelve oh five start. What show? Yeah. So, keep that in mind as you uh, as you plan your Sunday. Maybe watch. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Do we? Do we? We broke fine. everything. We broke fine. everything down we the right way, did. didn't we? We certainly did break it down. Some of it even made sense. Jim Callis is a senior writer for MLB Pipeline. The baseball draft is this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. Your boy, your boy, Gavin well, Cross. No, nah, that's a lie. What's the, ho- never what's the hokey him. finger sign? Is that the hokey finger? No, that's it. Texas. What's the hokey finger sign? Isn't there one? Well, I could show you, but we're on TV. Oh, okay. But you can show me, just show me under the table. With you the know what the sign I'm going to give you yeah, under the table. Anyway. Jim Callis joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans. Sportsnet 360. You sure that's not the hokey sign? That's yeah. not it. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been a longtime listener of this show. If you haven't, you should have been. You should have been. But you'll remember that (laughs) way, 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 way back in the beginning of the show, when I was still teaching Kevin the basics of the English language. um, (laughs) Wow. Right to it you went. I'd give you we that thought we'd have, true. We thought the, that we, we thought it would be a great idea to play the Virginia Tech fight song for Barker when he walked in. And so we did it. And I actually think Sixero may have had a hand in it as well. Somehow, of course it, he did. The, anyhow, so we played the Virginia Tech song for Barker coming in. We thought it would be great. Barker sits down and looks at us. And I'm waiting for something. And then I realized he had no idea that no. was the Virginia Tech fight song. So... Keep that in mind. And he claims to have never heard it played, the Virginia Tech fight song, even though you went to football games. So I asked him about the Virginia Tech hand sign because every U.S. college has got a hand sign. Now, apparently, those of you who aren't watching on TV, it's basically kind of like a V with sort of a T thing happening like that. Now, hopefully that's... Well, yeah, I'm hoping that's what it is. I mean, that's what the Internet says it is, and the Internet's never wrong. So hopefully I just never flip off, you know... 10,000 people out there. But uh, that apparently is the Virginia Tech hand sign, if you're interested. I'm not. I mean, it's a weird... Yeah, I don't care. It's like that It's like that. That fight song. Like, the difference between me when I first started this job and now is then I cared. <laughs> like, now it's like when you're trying to, you know, throw me under the bus with, with teaching me how to speak English and... You know, fight songs. And <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's the Virginia Tech hokey sign? I don't know. I've never even seen that. And I, I think you just flipped a bunch of people off. That's what I but think you did. A, no, I think there is a, there is a sign. Like there, I mean, there's a What's lot the of Manitoba fight song? Huh? And, and sign. Well, there has to be one. You, you said every, every college has I mean, one. I don't know. What is it? I, I, I don't know. Represent. That's a Canadian college. It's not like we, you know, what, there's, 
It's hard to have you a can't have a song in Canada. It's hard to have a song or a when there's It's hard to have a song when there's 200 people out at the football game. Although they do draw better now. Well, you would think you'd get together a little easier now and make up your own sign, I don't right? Know. I'm sure there's a song. I'm sure there's a song. But I You're You need to work on The only on that. hand signs I learned at the University of Manitoba are ones that I am not going to I'm not going to flash you on get TV. In trouble? I could get in trouble. And there's one that you haven't seen before that would really get me in trouble. Anyhow, really? the reason we're having this discussion about uh, our respective alma maters uh, is because the MLB draft is Sunday in Los Angeles as part of the all-star festivities, which, uh, you know, look, as someone who has always thought Major League Baseball should really, really, really turn the all-star game into a celebration of the, the industry and the sport, I like the fact you know, the futures game is great. I know you all get tired of me saying this, but to me, the Futures game is the best part of of the All-Star weekend, including the Home Run Derby. And now the draft is there as well. Anyhow, I'm going to bring Jim Callis in. He's a senior writer for MLB Pipeline. And I'll explain why Kevin and I went on this whole Virginia Tech thing in a minute. But uh, Jim, thanks for joining us. I know it's a a particularly hectic time for you. Um, Now that we're, you know, the draft is on Sunday, are we... Are we kind of through all the, what I'm going to call the COVID-19 dislocation in amateur baseball? You know, are we back to sort of regular scouting, regular schedules, a regular development curve, if you want to call it that? We're, we're back uh, to regular scouting. There really aren't restrictions. I think we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic from 2020 because you have a bunch of guys who expected to get drafted as college juniors that year, and they cut the draft to five rounds from 40 to 20 now, but they cut from 40 rounds to five. And if you wanted to sign and you weren't drafted, the most you could sign for was $20,000. So what happened is, is you had a ton of guys, probably, I don't know, like, you know, eight or 900 college juniors who that year who went back to school and they got another year of eligibility and you know, the draft team, a lot of teams don't like older players. So a lot of those guys didn't necessarily get drafted in a reduced and now permanently reduced 20 round draft last year. So you have, you, you still have a number of guys. If you guys watched any of the NCAA playoffs mm-hmm. and I know Kevin's Virginia Tech Absolutely. team went deep, you, you saw a lot of older players because they were guys who would have signed Two years ago, when there was going to be a 40-round draft, 100 players picked. There were like, if you looked at the Notre Dame team, I think everybody in their lineup except for one player had already graduated. So you, you, this year, in terms of the college, the makeup of college rosters, there are a lot of older players, and I think next year, you know, all the guys who theoretically could have signed in, in, in a normal 2020 will be off the books. And next year will be truly normal. So that's a, a very detailed answer to your question. That's a great answer, Jim. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned the Hokies. I I am very interested in Gavin Cross with the Hokies, and and you know the rumblings are he's going to go top ten. Is there any chance that he would fall closer? You know, it's maybe I've heard seventh, eighth, ninth. Is there any chance he's top five, <clears throat> or is there any chance he might fall out of the top ten? I think he he probably his sweet spot is probably in that six to ten range. I don't think he's going in the top five. Somebody would have to cut a discount deal with him, and I haven't heard that anybody's necessarily going to do that. I mean, if he won the top five, the one team I think that's looking to deal would maybe be the Pirates at four, but I think they have other guys. And yeah, you know, there's there's a second tier of about six or seven college hitters 
after the first couple, and I think he's right near the top of that second tier. It's not impossible he could get to, I don't know, maybe the Tigers at 12 or the the Mets at 14 maybe is the absolute floor. And unfortunately, you're not going to see him get to the get to the Blue Jays at 23. I, I, I don't think that can happen. Jim, tell people that don't know, and I'm one of them, is there a big price difference between top five and six through what you just mentioned, 12? A big price difference? Yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of the slots, there is. I mean, you're going to have teams cutting deals, but it's not, you know, I mean, he's still – uh, you know, Gavin Cross can be able to buy himself a very nice car or whatever he wants. Like yeah. he, he's probably going in, you know, roughly five million dollar range, Ooh. four to five million dollar range. So he's he's going to be in pretty good. If, if you if you run into Gavin Cross at a alumni function and you guys are uh, exchanging these hand signals I've never heard of uh, at any <laughs> U.S. college, you should you should you should have you should have Gavin. Gavin should be paying for the drinks at that alumni function if you bumped into him. Well, no one Barker Gavin will be paying for the drinks at the alumni. <laughs> function there's not much doubt about that that's rude i know it is rude <laughs> hey jim is there is there a, a pitcher or a position player you are particularly interested in in terms of a guy who could kind of upset things you know, a guy that 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 a team might reach for well <laughs> i don't know if reach is the right word but this is like the most confusing pitching draft i've ever seen because you have there, there's six pitchers who would have been first-round picks, college guys who've had Tommy John surgery uh, going back to last year. The best high school pitcher in the country had Tommy John surgery. Another high school dude who got up to 100 miles an hour with a fastball had Tommy John surgery. So the pitching's impossible to figure out. And I, and I think the three biggest wild cards in the first round, and you could talk to three different teams, and they'll give you three different orders and tell you, one might tell you one guy could sneak into the top 10 and the other guy shouldn't even go in the first round. And then another team will tell you the exact opposite. But, but the three guys are, are Kumar Rocker, who you know famously didn't sign last year after failing physical with the Mets as the 10th overall pick. And he had shoulder surgery that was kept quiet for a long time. And he came back and pitched it in pen and Paul. And so people are trying to figure out where he's going to go. There, there's a, an Alabama left-hander named Connor Prelip, who, had Tom, who could have been a potential number one overall guy. But he had Tommy John surgery last May, did not pitch this season, but threw a couple of impressive bullpen workouts. So he's kind of a X factor. He he's probably the best chance to go in the top ten. And then there's another guy, Kate Horton, who helped pitch Oklahoma to the finals of the College World Series, who was a Tommy John guy who missed all of last year, two way guy, came back as a hitter first this year, started pitching at the end of March, got rocked in the regular season as he was getting his field back, and then he was basically fooling around trying to learn a cutter before the Big 12 tournament, and that didn't take, but it helped his slider grip. And now, I mean, he was up to 98 with a 90-mile-an-hour slider just dominating in Omaha. And even though there's not a lot of track record, people are trying to figure out where he's going to go. So, like, those three guys could go – I don't think they're all going to go in the top 15, but, you know, one or two of them could. It, it's very hard to figure out where they're going to go, and, and if they go higher, they could push some guys Jim, down. Jim, you think rule changes next year, eliminating the shift, would change the way these teams draft guys, or is that overthinking it? I think it's overthinking it um, because – you know, it's still, you know, they're still going to be looking at, you know, bat to ball skills and they're still going to be looking at power potential. I, I mean, we can have shift changes. That's not going to solve the problem of, of making contact. I think it's harder to hit in the big league than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have shift changes and, you know, the strikeout rate is still at an all time high. And I still think even if they, 
you know, even if we draw a line and the shortstop's got to be on the left side of, of second base, I still think you're going to see guys, you know, you may have shift rules, but I still think you're going to have, you know, players playing right to the edge of whatever area they're allowed to play. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe my shortstop has to be, you know, maybe maybe my second baseman has to stay on the dirt and my shortstop has to stay on the left side of, of second base, but he might be like one step to the left of second base and my, my second baseman might start backpedaling into right field if I've got, you know, Joey Gallo, whoever up to play. I, the shift changes, I, I honestly don't think it's going to do as much as, as, as people might think. Jim, I'm, I'm looking at some of the top players in this year's in the international signing class. Um, a couple of them, Christian Vaccaro, uh, Roderick uh, Arias. Uh, you've got Brooks Lee, Jacob Berry in this draft. You've got Adley Rutschman, of course, who is, is with the Orioles. Switch hitters. Is, is, is anecdotally, at least just going down the list, it appears as if we're starting to see a few more switch hitters. Is, is that a, a trend, something coming back, or is that just kind of a one-off in the past couple of years? Because we all, look, I, I mean, I'm 62. I remember when you, there was always a lot of switch hitters in baseball, and now it seems to be a bit of a dying art. Do you think we might be seeing this coming back? Uh, maybe. You know, I honestly hadn't thought about that um, but you might be right and it's interesting because you talk about the guys in this year's draft you know Brooks Lee his dad's a college coach and had him switch hitting from early age uh, Jacob Berry uh, his dad is a former professional baseball player had him switch hitting from an early age the best high school switch hitter and I think he's in play for the Blue Jays at 23 is a kid uh, an infielder from South Carolina named Tucker Toman. His dad's been a longtime college coach. He's currently at Middle Tennessee State. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know Arias' and Vicaro's background as well as some of those other guys, and I'm not sure how Adley got in. Adley Rutschman got in switch hitting. But it's interesting, like, just looking at the top three switch hitters in this year's draft, they all came from dads who have, you know, very long baseball backgrounds. And, you know, I don't know, maybe dads out there are, are realizing it's a, uh, it's a, it's a better, you know, especially if you start a kid younger, I just think it makes it that much more easy and natural to do it. Um, I, I think all three of the guys that we, we talked about in this year's draft have probably been doing it, you know, it may be as early as like five or six years old. Where do you, what, what's your read on what the Blue Jays might do uh, where they are? You've already mentioned Tucker Toman. Um, what, what's your sense of the Blue Jays' approach to this draft? Well, you know, when you're picking at 23, I mean, the, the main thing is <clears throat> you got to let the draft come to you. I mean, you, you line your guys up, and, and usually when you're picking that well, you'll be pleasantly surprised that maybe there's a guy who's 14th on your draft board who's there. I mean, I, I think the, the odds are they wind up with a hitter, not necessarily – by design, but just because, like I said, this, this draft has been decimated by pitching injuries. And I think it's got more hitting depth than usual, even if the pitchers weren't hurt. So I, I I think, I mean, look, now they'll probably take a pitcher, you know, and then look, last year they took a Tommy John pitcher, Gunnar Mm -hmm. Hoagland, who they they traded, but they, you know, they they aren't afraid of doing that. But I mean, I've been mainly hearing bats. I've heard Tucker Toman's name at 23, I've got a guy, a guy who's super intriguing. I don't know if Kevin's going to like him because he went to James Madison Ooh. and not Virginia Tech. Ooh. Is I know is uh, Chase DeLouder, uh from James Madison, who's who might have the best all-around tools in the college class, but he he never played a full season either because he 
the, the, the COVID year, James Madison played half schedule last year, and then he broke his foot this year. But he's got a lot of tools. I, I, you know, that's a guy who, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I thought might have a pretty good chance of getting at 23. And now I'm hearing him more in the, you know, kind of 10 to 20 range. And then I also hear a kid named Dylan Beavers from California, who's a, another outfielder. There, there are a lot of college outfielders uh, in this draft who are going to go in the first round. There might be as many as eight, you know, maybe even 10. Um, so I, I think they get one of those guys. I, you know, I don't know that they, you know, like I said, all those pitchers I mentioned are wild cards. Like mm-hmm. Kate Horton looked really, really good at the College World Series. I mean, he looked like a top ten pick. I just don't know if anybody's going to pick him that high. I don't know if the Jays would take it twenty three, but I, I, I would bet on a bat at twenty three, um, just because that's you know that's what this draft is strongest in. This might be a crazy question. I know the Orioles got the first pick overall. You, you don't think that anybody you've talked to they may change their mind? because of how their season's going this year and the urgency of, you know, might be want to be better quicker. No chance of that happening. Yeah. No, I mean, I think if there were a guy who, who, who fit that profile, like, and, and you'd be talking about a pitcher, cause it'd be really hard sure. for hitters mm-hmm. to step into the mm-hmm. big league. If you had a year where you had like an unbelievable pitching prospect who, who was in the discussion that might play in, but yeah, there, there's nobody, they could push up like, like there's no pitcher who should be in the discussion and there isn't, but it's, they're looking at about four or five hitters. They're going to take it down to the wire, see what each guy's going to cost, try to leverage guys into the best deal possible. And and then look at the price tags and pick one. But yeah, there's no, there's a pretty good chance they'll take a high school player in any case. I mean, it could be Brooks Lee, but I, but I think it's a good chance. It's a high school player anyway for them. Jim, really good of you to do this. Thanks so much as always. Thanks, Jim. That's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah great talking to you guys. Take care. It's Jim Callis, senior writer for MLB Pipeline. Um, worked with him at Baseball America when I started covering baseball. They, hey, they, they, they've done. Now, now you can, you can imagine me. He, he was talking about Gavin Cross going to the top ten, whatever that number will be, and he's getting somewhere right around the five five million mark. Now you can think about it. my, my uh, the, the first pick when I was in the '96 draft got a million bucks. I, I I'm not going to tell you what I got. I, I was I was supposed to go in the first round and I didn't. I moved down to the third the third round. Mm-hmm. The difference between the third round money and the first round money is astronomical. I'm not going to tell you the difference. Yeah, but it's a big it's a big number. Were you, do you remember? Were you pissed off when that happened? Absolutely, absolutely. I was told I was going to Detroit in the first round. I didn't. Absolutely, I was. I was chapped. My my big league career and my my professional career got off to a bad start, Jeff. And I blame them for it. Why I didn't go where it wanted to go. I'm going to blame it because I, I can't. I'm just saying to say that that's life changing going in the top 10 picks or the mm-hmm. top, even the first round. Like if you're the last pick in the first round, you're making serious money, like life changing money. So for these kids to be able to do that is something else. And for a Hokie to go in the top 10, I mean, that, that's, that, that's got to be life changing for the Hokies. You, now, you, this is interesting because we have time. I want you to tell me the story, though, because when you went to Virginia Tech, you had options. You could have gone to Florida State. Well, no, I, I'm not saying I could have went there, but I had chances. You had of a chance. Conversations were there right. to go but to you, different. You places. wanted to go to Virginia Tech. I want to be a Hokie since I was a kid. Talk about the baseball program then and where it is now. Where I mean, they had a great run this year. They were one of the real good stories in in college sports. And and Gavin Cross is going to be. The, he's the best prospect to come out of Virginia Tech since you. Yeah, well said. I, it's uh, a. <laughs> it's uh, he is. Yeah, it's uh, but, it's. I, I, the big difference is I think it's e- they were easier to find and see than when I played. I could turn the TV on and find the Hokies of 2022. 
because okay. they were a better team. Uh, they they had a they have better stadium. They obviously had better sponsors. Like people want to dump money into the baseball and, team. And now, back then, when I played, it was not Chuck Hartman was you know trying to invent ways to get people to come and watch us play. And I and I was serious when I said there was more scouts there a lot of the times than there were fans. It's a fact. So that was the big difference. And. I mean, that's just growing pains of a, of a of a college of the better you are, the better recruits you get there. Having Gavin Cross as going in the top 10 is a big deal. Now that coach can go to, you know, recruits and say, guess what? You can be just like that. And and even the, the little old Hokies can have big-time guys leaving for big-time yeah. money. And, and that's a big deal. And Blacksburg is a cool place. It is. Like, it's awesome. like, it is it a is awesome. great if you, campus. If you've never been there, you know, all, all the – all the buildings look the same. They're made. They're made out of the same rock. So it's just. It's a cool. I haven't been there in a long time. And I. And I will. I, I want to take my family. My wife. I've always told my wife about this, and and she. She hasn't gotten to go there, and I want to take her. Just drive her around where I stayed and how it will look different. I've been there. Where you turn? Years. You're going to tell her where you turn that little car upside down in the parking lot. Where Absolutely. You and, where my buddy. Well, don't don't park the bug in the yeah, Barker spot, or you will be get. Flipped on its end and spin around in circles. Yeah, I was in college. I had a strong buddy that you know was was a big time recruit there for for foot, football. Now the football team was getting to starting to be going to Michael right. Vick wasn't there yet, and he sort of turned the corner and made that that whole thing you know super relevant. So he wasn't there yet, but they were starting to be better, and that was a big deal. They were given full rides, and that was you know going to college for a full ride's a big deal, yep. especially with the Hokies and who they were and. So I'm I'm happy for Gavin. That, that's a big deal. I'm happy for for the baseball team. That'll be a big deal. Hopefully they they're better and you know they they start winning more games and playing Oklahoma, who was in the championship series. That's a that's a cool thing too. So they had a lot of cool things happening and just uh, icing on the cake. Gavin going in the first round. Yeah, it's uh cool. it is it it is a big deal for a lot of I mean a lot of schools. It's it's nothing outrageous or nothing out of the ordinary to see your guy go in the first round but you're right it's when when you're recruiting when you're recruiting and you've got a really nice campus and guys who cover college football Blacksburg is one of the places they always talk about friends of mine who who it's beautiful cover that they love Blacksburg mm-hmm. so you got a nice campus um if you've got a good good facilities but most importantly, if you can go to a guy and say, "Hey, not only that, but you got a chance of getting paid, of getting paid, because that's what it's, it's all deal. about." It is. You might be able to. Uh, you might be able to catch. It is. In and I that. forgot to ask Jim, and I and I wanted to about about he mentioned the scouting, and, and it's sort of back to normal. How easier it was to to scout Gavin just by being able to turn the TV on and yeah. watching him play good teams. Because the Hokies don't really get to do that a lot of times. And for him, I'm sure that was a, a feather in his cap to be able to play there and face better pitching against Oklahoma and see how he handled those kind of things. So it's a, it's a cool thing. Good for him. John Schneider is the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He will join us in the next hour. Caleb Joseph, former Jays catcher, Sportsnet analyst, he'll join us as well. We've got Jays tickets to give away. Don't go anywhere. It's a Friday. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.